Have you ever, in your younger years, enjoyed being spun around by someone who was bigger and stronger than you? I remember I used to love being held by the arms and spun around in circles until eventually either I or the person spinning me would let go. And I remember I would fly off and I'd hit the ground and I would lay there staring up at the sky, not moving an inch, but the world was still spinning around me. Don't ask me why I enjoyed that. It's a bit of a weird kid. But I lost my bearings. I was dizzy. And if I tried to get up and walk, I would most likely fall over. My equilibrium was all messed up and I was disorientated. And that is what suffering does. Suffering disorients us, doesn't it? The fundamental problem with sufferings and afflictions is that they are disorientating by nature. It causes us to question what we feel with what we know. We are left dizzy and wobbling as we try to grab onto something stable, something steadfast. Suffering messes up our black and white categories of good and bad, and it leaves us full of questions. Questions like, why is this happening to me? Has God rejected me? Does God love me? And maybe the most asked question, what did I do wrong to deserve this? We need to see how God, our shepherd, helps us with this disorientation. Today we are going to look at what David wrote about the framework that shaped his experience of suffering. We're going to see why it is good news for those of us who are suffering to have God as our shepherd. We are exploring the 23rd Psalm this morning, and I believe it's safe to say that this psalm is deeply cherished by many of God's people. I mean, everyone seems to have heard of this psalm. But why? Why is it so loved? What is it about this particular part of the Bible that seems to matter so much to so many of God's people? We are unsure of the exact time at which the psalm was written. However, I believe it's so loved because it offers incredible hope. This psalm speaks of the reasons for the hope people who are suffering have. We know we live in a world that is filled with so many people who are suffering. And some of you today feel like you are as well. Whilst being young, my personal experience of suffering is very limited, although still known and felt. I am convinced that scripture will ring true for you, whether you have suffered relatively little or you have suffered greatly. Today we are going to notice two ways that God as our shepherd helps us in suffering. Firstly, that God is the shepherd who is present in suffering. And second, God is the shepherd whose presence satisfies. So point one, God is the shepherd who is present in suffering. We see this throughout the psalm. David in verses 1 to 3 uses personal language to describe the intimate way that God functions as his shepherd. Let's read verses 1 to 3 again. A psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. 
He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. David states God to be his shepherd, and this immediately orients him regardless of his situation. See, what suffering does is it disorients him. However, David has a shepherd, and his shepherd is his north point, bringing orientation to his head and his heart. David knows what all good shepherds do. He knows the ins and outs of shepherding because he was a shepherd himself. He knows shepherding involves protecting, providing, and leading the flock. David knows he is provided for, and he is clearly labeling his shepherd as the one who is responsible for providing him with places of rest and peace. In this psalm, there are two ways that God's leading is visible to David. The first is seen in verses 1 to 3, where we get a picture of David being provided with green pastures. He is led beside quiet waters and down the right path. And we understand this picture, don't we? We don't have a problem with places like these. They are places of orientation and rest. They're good, they're safe, they're secure. We don't doubt God when we are in these places. Some of us at the moment might feel like we are in a place of green pasture. And so this psalm should lead us to thank God for where he has placed us. Not only that, but this psalm can help us to prepare for when suffering occurs. We can sit in the psalm and let it sink deeply into our hearts to prepare us to walk with our shepherd. Even if today you find yourself in green pastures and still waters, you need to know that things will not always be as good as they are right now. You will face a valley at some point. And this leads us into verse 4 where David writes, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David says something about his shepherd that we need to see. It's that his shepherd is with him. We now see that the same shepherd who has led David into green pastures and still waters has led him into a valley, a very dark valley, the darkest valley. And a valley is a low point between two hills, and it is the hardest part of a journey. You see, because as you travel down into a valley, it becomes dark and cold, and navigating the terrain becomes extremely difficult. Plus, you then need to climb your way back up the other side, and as you feel tired and drained, feelings of hopelessness and despair creep in amongst the company of exhaustion. This is where it gets confusing, doesn't it? Surely God would not lead his sheep into a dangerous path. Surely God would not cause David to go down a painful path. It doesn't seem right for a good God to purposefully lead me into a hard and a dark place. However, what we read next gives us orientation and hope again. We read in the next verse that God doesn't just send us into the valley, but he accompanies us there. A shepherd's job would be to lead his sheep down through a dark valley and then up to another side of rest and pasture. And we get the imagery of a valley, don't we? That is the picture of suffering, hardship, pain, and struggle. It may look like relational dysfunction, bitter disappointment. 
may look like physical injuries, a distressing diagnosis, an undiagnosed problem that continually seems to reoccur over and over, but no one can quite figure out what the problem is. It may look like a battle with anxiety, a sadness that refuses to lift, rejection by loved ones, and there's so much more that we could say. And it hurts, and we are confused when God leads us down these paths of suffering. But what comforting words we read in verse 4. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. He is not at a distance, but close. Now, I'm not sure how many of you can relate to this, but have you ever experienced feeling safe in the close presence of someone you trust? I can remember when I was younger, I would have nightmares, and I'd wake up scared and afraid, and I'd run down the hall and crawl into my parents' bed. And it was there, in the close presence of someone I trusted, where all my fears left me. It was in the close presence of someone I knew I could trust that I was comforted. So where is this psalm meant to lead us while reading it today? Surely we have no other road to turn down than the one that leads to Jesus Christ. What's so amazing about Jesus is that this psalm is all about him. Jesus is both the lamb being led by his shepherd and he is our good shepherd as he states himself to be in John 10. This psalm points to him and Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the, for the sheep. This is why he is so good. As a shepherd, you are committed to leading, feeding and protectively caring for your sheep. Your sheep are always with you, and you are always with them. And a great comfort for us to know is to know that God places the shepherd metaphor right at the very heart of the Christian story. Jesus is our shepherd who walks with and stands among his flock. Jesus doesn't call himself the good shepherd because of the power he has over his sheep. Rather, his words are so comforting because he's identifying himself as the shepherd who is lowly and humble and who has come to lay down his life for his sheep. Jesus has come on behalf of his sheep for us to lay down his life ultimately on the cross, suffering and dying for us. So in the here and now, we are immediately oriented by reminding ourselves of the presence of our shepherd who is with us in the valley. We are comforted in knowing that Jesus too has experienced pain and he walks with us, accompanying us in the valley. And this is actually what makes Jesus the greatest comforter because Jesus became familiar with pain and familiar with suffering. Hebrews 4, 14-16 says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way and yet did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. It's amazing to consider the reality 
that Jesus lived a whole life filled with suffering and weakness. He understands our pain. In fact, he faced a greater valley than we ever could by enduring the cross. How are we oriented in our times of trouble? It's by looking to him. It's by looking at Jesus, the good shepherd, who knows and is able to empathize with our sufferings and afflictions. In fact, our weaknesses and sufferings are not proof that he is distant from us. Rather, it's a revelation of his nearness to us, that he is with us and walking by our side. In Isaiah, we read about how Jesus was crushed, beaten, bruised, afflicted, pierced, all on our behalf. What is our true north in suffering? It's found in seeing the valley he experienced and knowing that he hasn't left you. Rather, he is with you in the pain and now we are going to see that he will comfort you. We are going to transition now to a connected scene in the psalm. David doesn't uh, David builds on the picture before by using more imagery now. So my second point is that God is the shepherd whose presence satisfies. We are now going to see what his comforting presence looks like. David doesn't change the picture. What he does is he expresses the welcoming and all-satisfying good presence of the shepherd. Verse 5 reads, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. At first, these pictures may seem totally disconnected. Going from pasture to table. Going from valley to dinner. A closer look at this text, however, reveals the nature of David's experience in the valley. David is eating dinner in the valley. He expresses his confidence in his shepherd, eating in the presence of his enemies even. David now speaks of himself as sitting at God's table with his head being anointed with oil and his cup overflowing. It's not that David is no longer in the valley. Rather, it's his expression of how good God is even during the valley. He isn't taken out of it. And neither are we promised in this life that we will not suffer or that once we ask God to, that he's just going to remove it from us. But how can we be sure that David is referring to his experience in the valley rather than sometime afterward? Well, we find our answer by looking at the wording in these verses. Notice with me, in verses 1 to 3, David describes what God does. And all the verbs are in the present tense. Notice how God leads, God guides, and God refreshes him. Then in verse 4, David says that even though I walk through the darkest valley, that's present tense as well. What does this mean? What am I trying to say? Well, what God is saying is that he is near to us in our times of pain and he can bear the full weight of it. 
It's only the presence of the Lord that will satisfy. And it's only the presence of the Lord that will comfort us. David's cup overflows. He cannot be more satisfied. But you might be thinking, you don't know what I'm going through and how hard it is for me right now. I can't possibly be satisfied in this situation. And you're right. I don't know what you're going through, but Jesus does. He knows and he sees you. He feels your pain too. You see, we're going to go through times of green pastures in this life. And we are going to go through valleys. And the green pasture is going to feel like a green pasture. It's going to be good, safe, secure. It's going to be a place of orientation and peace. And then we are going to go through valleys in this life. And the valleys are going to feel like a valley. It's going to be hard, painful, disorienting. But the promise we receive in this psalm, we see throughout it. In verses 1 to 3, God is the shepherd leading and guiding him to peaceful places. In verse 4, God is with David, protecting him in the valley. And then in verse 5, David is eating at a table set by the Lord. Think about verse 5 for a second. For God to prepare a table for David, he needs to be there too. That's how we know he is with us. And now you might be thinking that, well, that's great. I mean, I am glad to hear that God is with me and that he feels my pain and that he understands what I'm going through. But if I'm honest, what makes Jesus the best person for the job? I mean, why would I want Jesus next to me when I travel a valley? Surely others can't come alongside me and journey with me and empathize with my situation. What makes Jesus the best person for the job? If that's what you are thinking, please turn your attention now to verse 6, which says, Surely your goodness and unfailing love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, David has a hope, a hope that the valley will not be forever. And we too can have this hope because we have Jesus. What Jesus did was he overcame the valley. He went through it for sure. But he didn't stay there. He wasn't lost in the valley. He overcame it. The valley was the cross. And the resurrection was his victory over the valley. And his victory guarantees our victory too. Have a look uh, at what Jesus says in John 16, verse 33. He says, I have told you these things so that you may have peace in me. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Our hope in the here and now is that Jesus comes with us and walks beside us through and out of the valley. The comfort is in knowing that he wasn't crushed by the valley he faced. He wasn't lost in it. He made it through, and he knows the way. And because he knows the way through, we can trust him to lead us 
through the valley that we find ourselves in. We can trust our shepherd to lead us through the valley with confidence that we will make it. And we know this because he overcame the valley he faced. And so he has overcome our troubles too. So as we suffer, let us, just as Hebrews says, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I love Psalm 46 verse 1, which says, God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. He is our present refuge in times of trouble, friends. That is the ultimate comfort. That is why Jesus is the best person for the job. It's because he is the only one who can travel the valley with you and guarantee that you will make it through. That's where hope is found and that's where orientation is stable. That is why David says, back in Psalm 23 verse 4, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Can we say those words when we suffer? Absolutely we can. Our shepherd overcame the valley. He has overcome the troubles that we face. God's leading is so comprehensive and so good that he is with us wherever we are. So even if I don't know where you are today and what you are going through, our shepherd does. He is right there with you, by your side. And you can have confidence today that he will lead you through it. Jesus, our good shepherd, rose from the dead and came out of the darkest valley. And now he comforts us in the midst of suffering. When we are disorientated by suffering, we can be immediately reorientated by being reminded that God is our shepherd who accompanies us now in the mess and that he is renewing our strength and hope through his promise that the valley we are in will not overcome us. When we are suffering and hurting, we need to be recalibrated to reinterpret what God's good presence looks like in our situation. We need to uh, reinterpret how we think of God, not just that he is with us, but that he will satisfy us. He does this by giving us the hope we need to endure our affliction. His deepest delight is to satisfy, comfort, and renew you. Our present hope and comfort we find in trusting his leadership but we are trusting him to lead us to a final destination. That is exactly where David's mind went in verse 6. Look with me, please. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Why does David end there? It's because David knows that the comfort and the goodness we experience here and now is only a glimpse of what is to come. In Revelation 7, we get a picture of what it will be like in the land of rest for those who have Jesus as their shepherd. Revelation 7 says, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. 
They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will shelter them in His presence. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them into springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. That is David's and that is our hope. That is an anchor for us in troubled times. Psalm 23 provides so much hope because it not only shows us what a relationship with our shepherd looks like here and now, but it points to the greater reality of what is to come when Jesus returns. We have a guarantee that one day we will be in green pastures forever. That one day we will no longer need to be led through dark valleys. One day all there will be is peaceful streams. There will be no more dark days. Currently, we are having dinner in the valley. But one day, we will have a feast at the Lord's table, surrounded by fields of grain and still waters. So while in the here and now of suffering and affliction, we have a shepherd who understands our hurt and who walks with us through the valleys we face. Not only that, but he guarantees that he will lead us through them, no matter how dark, because he has overcome the greatest valley. And we also have a future hope, his promise for his sheep that when he returns, we will be in the land of rest with him amongst the flock of God's people. I mean, how good is our shepherd? How many amazing reasons do we have to thank Him. Surely our cup overflows with blessings. I hope that you have been tracking with me as we have seen how our shepherd deals with the disorientating nature of suffering and affliction. He does this through His satisfying presence with us and His promises. I do want to leave you on a challenge. But before I get to that, I want to ask you a few questions. How would your life look different if you lived like this was true? I hope you have been encouraged by this psalm to hold on to the truth about God's presence with you in the midst of suffering. I hope you have been encouraged to continue to put your trust in His promises that He has overcome the world. The truth is, nobody can make Him leave you. And when you see who Jesus is, that He is a person whose care and ability you can trust, there you find true comfort. When Jesus is your shepherd, you experience His love for you. And this psalm is what it feels like for Jesus to come close and hold you by your hand. You too can walk this psalm 
Repeat these words and mean what you say. What's the only thing able to satisfy us in suffering? It's Jesus. And it's trusting in his promises. My hope is that he has overcome my sin and my troubles. And that is what gives me the ability to endure my affliction. So maybe a challenge for you. Could I challenge you to go and read a gospel account again? And take notice of every time Jesus encountered someone who was suffering. Look at how he responded. Notice how every time he invites and walks with and comes close beside those who are suffering. And because he is a good shepherd, because he is the good shepherd, you are never alone. You too, here and now, can eat dinner in the valley. But friends, you too, one day, as his sheep, will eat at the Lord's table, surrounded by green pastures and still waters. So trust him. Trust in the shepherd all the days of your life. If you find yourself in the valley right now, trust him that he has overcome the trouble you are in and that he will lead you through it. And look onward to the hope to come for those who are his. Trust the good shepherd. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Thank you for being the good shepherd. Thank you for drawing near to us in our times of trouble. Thank you that you delight to comfort the afflicted and renew those who are weary. I pray for all of us here today, whether we are feeling in a comfortable place or feeling lonely, isolated and abandoned. I pray that we will turn to you, our shepherd, and find your satisfying presence. I pray that we will be comforted in trusting in your promise of the eternal rest to come. Amen.